All right, you got your Bible turned over to Romans chapter 12 this morning. Romans chapter 12 <clears throat> this morning. Sorry to make you do so many preliminaries this morning. Probably good for you. <clears throat> but uh, talking to some folks real quick here. Um, our last semester, and probably a little bit, I can't remember, I lose track of time. Remember when we started off, we talked about um, how to get along with others out of Romans chapter 12. I want to continue that uh, kind of idea uh, with you. Paul was talking to the church at Rome, and you know, um, Every church has people in it, obviously, and people are different. Um, I would say that Silas is probably different than Reagan. Would you say that Reagan's probably a little bit different? Um, I would say that Miss Adrian would be different than uh, Stephanie. Um, I would say that uh, you all have different personalities uh, from one another. I mean, say Brother Daniels is different than Brother Michael. Amen. All right, I would say that. So, <clears throat> so Paul, Paul, when he's writing... Um, to this church, he knew that there'd be different type of people. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to get along with everybody. Um, there are just certain people that's just, you know, you just sometimes you just wonder, you know, what planet they came from. And uh, so it's kind of difficult. So I want to talk to you a little bit. Uh, sorry, it's a little chilly in here. We'll still have to move uh, chapel somewhere else if we're not going to turn the heat on in here. But uh, thanks for putting your coats on and uh, don't snuggle up with anybody. But anyway, we're glad you're here, all right? Romans chapter 12, look at your Bible now. <clears throat> If you remember correctly, in verses 1 and 2, we talked about getting along with others, about renewing your mind. In verses 3 through 8, we talked about don't think too highly of yourself. And then, of course, verse number 9, uh, we, the start of the beginning of that verse, it talked about don't pretending to love. That word dissimulation means to be faint or fake. Verse 9 says, Romans chapter 12, let love be without dissimulation. And then look at this next phrase. It says, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Let's say just that phrase together. Ready? Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Again? Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Again, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Again, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Paul here is telling us, again, I, I really feel like that when he wrote Romans chapter 12, it has a lot to do with getting along with others. And I think when you follow down through here, <clears throat> every one of these phrases, to, for the most part, gives us something that we can do in order to get along. And by the way, not just school. You know, life uh, is always going to be about relationships with other people. You're going to have a relationship with your parents, relationship with your siblings, relationship with friends, relationship with people that you work with, relationship with church members. You are, unless you hibernate somewhere, you are always going to have contact with people. And when you have contact with people, you ought to do your best uh, to get along with them. We use the proverb for a soul winning verse, but it was not a soul winning verse when it was written. Proverbs 11, verse number 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. What's the next phrase? <clears throat> All right, if you're with me so far, say amen. amen. All right, I'm not going to be long. I want you to say, well, you're not sleeping, but I want you to think now. Use your brain. He that winneth souls is wise. There were no souls to win when that was written because it was written in the Old Testament before Jesus Christ died. Am I right? So when the Bible says he that winneth souls is wise, he's talking about you ought to be able to win people to yourself. You ought to be friendly so that you can have relationships. Some of you guys in here, you still, it has not clicked with you yet because you evaluate a person probably several ways. Number one, do I want to be their friend? Number two, what can they give me if I am their friend? All right? But that's not how a Christian is supposed to think. You're supposed to be kind to the unlovely. You're supposed to be kind to the person who's not personable because he that wanted souls is? In other words, you ought to want everybody to like you. All right? Some of you are, are, are hard, hard to like. You, you have to really work at it. All right? But you ought to do your best to, to be friendly to everybody. It doesn't matter their age. In other words, a high schooler ought to be friendly to a kindergartner. All right? One of these days, this kindergartner might be your boss. Amen? Okay, now, maybe not. But anyway, 
understand that we should try to have a good relationship. So Paul is going through these various things, and here's what he says, this next thing. He says, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Say it with me, ready? Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Now, this is not a, this is not a request, this is really a command. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. There are two commands, two, thought, two thoughts here, but yet they kind of go together. It's like a coin, heads or tails. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. So Paul says, if you're going to get along with others, here's what you need to do. Now think about the first phrase. He says, abhor that which is evil. The word abhor means to hate, means to detest. Now, some of you use the word hate very, very loosely. All righty. I hate vegetables. Okay, you probably don't hate vegetables. You just don't like vegetables. All righty. Okay, some of you think you hate vegetables, all right? How many of you uh, have a vegetable you don't like? All right, raise your hand if you've got a vegetable you don't like. What vegetable do you not like? Broccoli. Broccoli? I like broccoli. Okay, broccoli with cheese on it or butter. Okay, what, do you, what kind of vegetable you don't like? What? I don't like beets either. I can't stand beets, by the way. Oh, they are disgusting. You are a real Christian. How many of you in here like beets? Oh, man, how many think beets are gross? Raise your hand. Man, I'd have to agree with that. I haven't thought about beets in a long time because we just don't have beets at our house. If beets get into our house, you know, it's like sin getting into your life. You get it out as quickly as you can. And so beets, oh, man, I can't think about beets. All right, what, what do you not like? Huh? You don't like peppers? What kind of peppers? Bell peppers or red peppers, you say? Red bell peppers. Yeah, kind of, they kind of a little sweet. Yeah, peppers. What, what do you not like? <laughs> Your kids should have spanked you more when you were growing up. Yes? Brussels sprouts. Oh, man. Have you ever had Brussels sprouts in that butter sauce or cheese over the top of them? Yeah, that's not, that's not bad. All right. She just has a spiritual problem. You need to pray for her. All right. All right. Anybody else? Do you have a vegetable you don't like? I know you don't like vegetables, period. <laughs> What do you really not like, though? What's your worst one? Corn. Corn. Yeah, I figure it is. Have you ever met anybody that doesn't like corn? Anybody else in here you don't like corn? Seriously? Wow. I just thought everybody liked corn. What do you not like? Green beans. Green beans, yeah. Well, it depends how they're made, that's for sure. How about you? What? I can't hear. Tomatoes? Oh, I can't stand tomatoes. You know, tomatoes, just the texture of tomatoes, you put it in your mouth, there's stuff moving around. It just, ugh, just tastes terrible. Yes. Lemons? <laughs> okay, well, I might have to agree with you on that one. Now, young people, think for a second here. We say we hate vegetables or a particular fruit. We say we hate them, but truthfully, we don't hate them. We just dislike them. You know, the word hate has is, is got a stronger connotation than just not eating corn, all right? Hate's the idea, I detest it. I, I, I don't, I, I hate it. In other words, I don't like it. I don't want to have anything, the word abhor. In fact, it's interesting, it's the only, the only time it's mentioned in the New Testament is this verse right here. Only time. Now, it's mentioned in the Old Testament, but the idea of abhor, it's almost like the word abomination. To abhor, to be an abomination. It stinks in God's nostrils. We just can't stand it, all right? So God says we're supposed to abhor that which is evil. Now, Young people, think this through. There's only two phrases. There's only two points. So let's think this thing through. There's only two. First one is this. What is evil, really? Abhor that which is evil. What is evil? Okay, now think for a moment here. When we're talking about evil and we're talking about in the Christian life, what we're talking about 
is, and if I can use the 1828 dictionary definition, is to deviate from the conduct that God prescribes. All right. In other words, it's to change our behavior from what God wants us to do. In other words, whatever God tells us to do, we do the opposite. That's evil. All right. So talk to me for just a moment here. So when we think about evil, what are some things that God has specifically told us to do or not to do that if we did them, it would be evil because it's, it deviates from the conduct that God's told us to do? What are you thinking? All right. What are some things? Yes. Not obeying your parents. Now, we don't look at evil, that being very, very evil. We just looked at it, well, you know, we just don't see things the same. No, wait a second here. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. In other words, if God commands you to obey your parents and you don't do it, guess what it is? Talk to me now. What is it? It's evil. All right, so why? Because it deviates from the conduct that God has prescribed for our lives. What else would be evil? Come on, guys. Think for a second here. Stumfles not the only one. All right. Lying would be evil, all right? Now, we look at lying as, you know, I just didn't tell everything. No, you lied. So what is lying? It deviates from the conduct that God has provided for us for life. God, God says that's evil. Now, think, well, here's what God says. You're going to get along with others. You have to abhor. You have to hate. You have to detest that which is evil, all right? Now, young people, you're going to do things that your flesh wants to do, but it doesn't change the fact that it's still evil. Just because I want to do it doesn't make it right, all righty? You know, I'd like to eat at a buffet every day of my life, okay? But it doesn't mean that's right for my life. Do you understand that there are things that our flesh enjoys, but it deviates, it changes. It's not what God commands for our life. And God says, hey, listen, that's evil. So Paul says, if you're going to get along with other people, you've got to abhor it. You've got to detest it. You've got to hate it. Young people, we, we categorize things by big sins and little sins. And because, well, I haven't committed, you know, immorality in a bad fashion, or I haven't uh, killed anybody, or I haven't uh, stolen from anybody. But what you fail to understand that evil is not, it's not a matter of size of the evil when it comes to deviating from what God's prescribed for our life. I'm envious of what somebody else has. Well, nobody sees you be envious because that's in your heart and mind. And God says that's evil. You have pride. You want people to notice what you do instead of noticing what other people do. That's evil. You know, so what does God want you to do? He wants you to abhor it. He wants you to detest it. He wants you to hate it. Alrighty? And so again, that's what we should do as Christians. God says this in Psalm 97.10, ye that love the Lord, hate evil. That's what he said. In other words, if I'm going to love God, I have to detest, I have to hate that which is what opposite of what God prescribes for my life. Proverbs 8, 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. All right, if you're with me, say amen. All right, we're supposed to abstain from all appearance of what? Evil. evil. All right, so God wants us to hate evil. Amos 5, 15, hate the evil, love the good. So in my life as a Christian, if I'm gonna get along with others, you shouldn't laugh at dirty jokes. You think by laughing at the dirty jokes, they're going to like you, but what's going to happen is they're not going to like you in the long run. Because why? Because you're not abhorring evil. You think that they're going to like you because you don't tell on them because they're cheating on a test and you know they're cheating on a test, but they're not going to like you. You know why? Because you're not abhorring evil. Abhorring evil means I, I don't like it. I, the proverb says this, the north wind driveth away rain. All right, so north, 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 north. That way, right? North. All right, the north wind drives away rain. So when the north wind comes, it drives away rain. Rain's not gonna go this direction if the north wind's going this direction. That makes sense? 
So guess what the Bible's teaching us? The north wind drives away rain, so doth an angry countenance, a backbiting tongue. In other words, the backbiting tongue can't go this direction if there's an angry countenance coming this direction. What is an angry countenance? The word countenance means face. It's when, when you get upset about people being critical, backbiting, tailbearing, guess what that does? It makes it go the opposite direction. Can I tell you that if you're gonna get friends and you're gonna get along with other people, you have to abhor, you have to hate, you have to detest that which is evil. So when somebody in your class smarts off to the teacher, that's not a time to snicker and laugh. That's a time to detest. That's a time to abhor. You know what? You think, well, they're not going to like me if I don't side with them. They're going to like you. They might not like you right then, but they're going to like you. You know why? Because the best way to get along with others is hate, evil, detest it, abhor it. And listen, it's the same thing in your lives, not just at school, but it's the same thing in your life at home. All right, so your siblings do things that you know are not just contrary to what mom and dad want, but they're contrary to what the Bible teaches. All right, look at me. They're watching things on television they shouldn't be watching, and you, and you know about it. And so you get up and you walk out because you know as a Christian you shouldn't be watching it. But you never say anything to your mom and dad. You ought to detest it. You ought to abhor it. You ought to hate it. You ought to say something. All right? Look at the next phrase, all right? Here's the next phrase, verse number nine. Let's say it again. Let's say it out loud together, right? Just the, just the phrase we're ta- phrases we're talking about, ready? Abhor that which is evil. All right, let's say it one more time. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Now, young people, this word cleave means to glue or adhere to, all right? The word cleave means to stick to. In fact, four times in scripture it says, a man ought to leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, all right? It's the idea of, of sticking to, all right? Now, I've got these two pennies today and they're stuck together. Could you get them apart for me? If you get them apart, you can have them, all right? I'd like to do that for a little bit, all right? Now, he's not gonna get them apart, but he's gonna try to get them apart, all right? Can I tell you why he's not gonna get them apart? Because they're super glued together, all right? He's never gonna get those two pennies apart. He can stay here until Jesus comes. He's not gonna get those two pennies apart. You know why? Because I glued, I didn't glue them. I had somebody else glue them, but I glued them together. You got them apart yet? Come on, we're waiting on you. We're going to stay in this service till you are done. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You'd like that, huh? You'd be spending the night here for sure. Hey, can I tell you what you ought to do if you're going to get along with others? You need to cleave to that which is good. You need to stick to. Now, first phrase, second phrase, I always talk about Proverbs being that way. Did he get it apart? No. Oh, I didn't think so. Keep trying. Hand it off to your next guy. Maybe, maybe he can do it. Let's see here. Nick, Joshua. Joshua and Nehemiah. Where's Nick at? Oh, there he is back there. All right. Now, young people, think for just a second here. If good, good and evil are the opposite of one another, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so if evil, I, I hate to use big words to define words because I'm not a big word person, but if evil is the deviation of the conduct that God has prescribed, prescribed for us, then good would be the doing of the behavior that God has prescribed, all right? So we know right from wrong because of what God has told us in the word of God. Paul used to say that the, our, the law was our schoolmaster. What was he trying to say? He was trying to say the way we know, schoolmaster, teacher, the way we know what right and wrong is is because the word of God tells us what's right and wrong, all right? The reason you know what the difference between algebra and geometry and what a particular problem does is because there's a teacher that says this is right, this is wrong. What, does, what is the right and wrong teacher for the Christian? Talk to me now, what's the right and wrong teacher for the Christian? The Bible. What's the right and wrong teacher for the Christian? All right, some of you think it's the pastor, but it's really the right and wrong teacher is the word of God. It tells us what is right, what is good, and what is evil. Now, young people, think for a second here. If I'm going to get along with other people, I have to abhor that which is evil, and I have to cleave to that which is good. I have to cleave to what God says is right behavior. All right? So, what does that include? Well, that, 
That includes going to church. It includes praying for others. It includes reading my Bible. It includes not saying bad words. Um, it includes uh, dressing right. Uh, it includes um, listening in class. I mean, anything that the Bible prescribes as far as what is good, that's what's good. I've got to cleave to that. Isn't it interesting that in the Garden of Eden, God only put two trees? The Bible says the only, now he, there were more trees in the Garden of Eden, okay? But the only two trees that we have names for, tree number one is tree of life. Tree number two, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's it. In fact, God told Adam and Eve, because you ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I have to kick you out of the garden because you might eat of the tree of life. If they would have eaten of that tree, they'd have been, they'd, they would have, we're going to have one of these. They would have eternal life. They would have never died. But they died a physical death because they sinned. All right, we know that from Romans 5.12. So what I'm trying to say is this, is that from the very beginning of time of mankind, God said there's going to be good and there's going to be evil, and I'm going to give you a choice. All right? Did Adam even make the right choice? No. No, they didn't make the right choice. Do you ever not make the right choice? Okay, let me help you with that. Yes, there's many a time you don't make the right choice. Like a lot of times you don't make the right choice. But what you need to do is you need to try. You would have an easier time cleaving to that which is good if you'd abhor that which is evil. You know, it's, it, that, that two-sided coin, God put that together because there's a lot. There's, if I abhor that which is evil, then I don't have to make a choice on whether I'm going to do that or not. And it's a whole lot easier to cleave to that which is good if I abhor that which is evil. Now, you need to stick to what's right. If you're going to get along with other people, you need to stick to what's right. You know, you think you get away with cheating on a test. You don't get away with cheating on a test. Number one, God sees it. Number two, you affect yourself on the next test because you cheated on the first test, which means you don't know the information. And then you're going to take another test and you're not still going to go the information. You don't help anybody. You hurt yourself. You know, when it comes to you in a Christian life, you think that if I do wrong, I'm going to get friends because they're going to like me because I do wrong. No, doesn't that work that way? It doesn't work that way. You know, Psalm 119, 163 says, I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. If you want good friends, do right. One of a good proverb for you to memorize is Proverbs eleven twenty seven. It says, he that diligently seeketh good procureth. Now, let me just say what the word procureth means. The word procureth means to get or gain, means to get unto oneself. Now think about this. He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor, but he that seeketh mischief, it shall come unto him. Now remember, good, mischief, good, evil. If you are going to get people to like you, I want to tell you where it's going to come from. It's going to come from cleaving to that which is good. Well, you know, my buddies, if they knew, they, they would think, you know, I, you know, I wasn't a very good person because I didn't incite. No. What you'll find out is that people are going to love you and like you in the long run if you'll do that which is right than if you do that which is evil. It's a, it's a real simple principle. So, this morning, let's say the phrase again together. You ready? <clears throat> Start with the word abhor together. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. So, if I'm going to get along with others, what must I do? If I'm going to please God, what do I need to do? Young people, is there anything that comes to your mind as far as being evil that you let into your life? Is there anything, bad words, uh, bad video, bad friend, bad association, bad music? You don't have to, I don't want you to raise your hand, but is there anything in your life? Hey, can I tell you something? 
it wasn't me or your teacher that told you those things were bad. You have a Holy Spirit inside of you that brought those things to your memory, which tells you those things are bad. And really, the Word of God is what told you those things were bad. You know what you should do today? You should detest it. You should detest that you're doing those things, listening to those things. Being, you should detest it. You should hate it. And you should cleave to that which is good. So if you listen to bad music, you cleave to good music. If you've got the wrong kind of friends, you cleave to good friends. If you're watching the wrong kind of things, you, you, you get into the Word of God. You do things that are opposite. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. I hope that you'll be like those two pennies. They're not going to come apart, and they're probably never going to come apart. I wish that we could get ourselves in our Christian life to where we would do the things that are right conduct, the things that God prescribes, and just cleave to them.